Hey you, don't do that, do this. My name's Bob Gordon, welcome to Hibernation, a podcast about how people are getting on with life and being creative during this isolation period known as COVID-19. I'm in North Perth at the home of Felicity Groom and she's actually sitting directly opposite me. How convenient. Hello, Felicity. How are you doing? Good, thanks, Bob. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being a part of this little podcast chat thing. Pleasure. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Likewise. It's actually quite a novelty still to see people in person yeah. and chat. <laughs> we had a um, we went out to a party the other day and we were like everyone was like little puppies. They were there was such excitement in their faces and they were literally wagging, you know, mm. wagging their tails to be around people. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a breakfast cereal side and the simplest things in life are often the best. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and now we, we realise it for sure. Yeah. So how's how has it been for you, like the, whatever you want to call it, isolation or the lockdown and everything? Because you've got, you know, two young ones and quite often, well, that's that's your, you know, your whole kind of world and everything and you have to concentrate to... Um, make time for your music when your kids are so young or for any vocation I guess so what's it been like given that you had that strong family unit in mind but added on is this okay isolation is now well we had a blissful beautiful time being together in the house and really all we did was um, move from you know the front office where we're um, Andrew my partner and I were located so we're both working away there um, we move into, you know, doing a bit of homeschooling in between that. Um, then moving outside, we were using the alleyway a lot more because very many people use the alleyways here and really cool around this area. So, um, and then back into the garden and then kind of dinner table, TV and bed, you know, like, and we repeat that for over and over again. That that was kind of the ideal version. But then between, <laughs> in between that is also like the chaos of um, like the house, all of us here being together not actually being as creative having as much creative output um as usual because you know because the kids are here constantly and it was less like homeschooling more just like home messing and you know just kind of scrambling to get through that and see see how you know not putting too much expectation and pressure on those kind of things because you know at at the end of the day we we aren't teachers we were just parents that had to make do with what you know and the teachers actually did a fantastic job of like putting together lots of resources and all that kind of stuff for for parents to take home so yeah well done teachers out there they deserve big high fives mm. yeah and so at, at the start of it though how do you go explaining what's about to happen when, when it's something completely new to you and everyone to, to little ones kept it kind of just talk to them all the time about it um just kept it pretty simple but always telling them what was going on they you know they got it totally um my eldest was totally happy to stay home and play lego every day so that was fine the younger one it was a little bit more um harder to get when she couldn't go and visit friends but you'd say you know she'd be like why because Corona. <laughs> so she eventually, you know. Says it all, really, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. She eventually, you know, understood. Um, 
Yeah, so we just talked to them about it without, you know, kind of creating any kind of fear or anxiety. It was just, yeah, they seemed to navigate it really well. Yeah, just like having a different normal for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the eldest would have been happy to stay home and play Lego every single day, so... That's, that's her nature. Yeah. Well, who she's wouldn't? Of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that she's in kind of, yeah, that was that was perfect for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How did you find the, the homeschooling kind of stuff? The homeschooling was hard. It's so hard. Like I said, high fives to teachers out there because it's, yeah, it wasn't homeschooling. It was... and. It, it would appear that um, kids listen a whole lot better to their teachers than they do their parents about schooling anyway because I'd be like, it would end up in, you know, yelling. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, just, you've got to sit down and do this one thing before you go outside. Um, so that was, yeah, that was hilarious. Um, but then, yeah, as the, as the expectation and pressure, as the time went on and, and the expectation and pressure on myself alleviated um yeah i realized that yeah my job was just to look after the kids and make sure that they were happy and rather than you know try and make sure that they could you know do their times table by the time they left the house Mm. (laughs) that was Mm. that was not the priority Mm. yeah how has um music fitted in in this kind of strange time have have you noticed it's has a different resonance I definitely have. It's an imperative that I do it. I'm a happier person when I make music, so I manage to fit it in here and there. But definitely, it's a harder thing to do when you know when two kids are constantly um, uh, coming at you about also you know asking you con- constantly asking you questions about things. You've all there's a constant job to do as a parent, and um, and they tend to kind of come to me like you know quite a bit during the day with little you know questions and so forth so um so yeah that concentration that's required for creative output is very difficult but then sometimes you just kind of squeeze it in here and there and just manage to yeah i managed to make a few tunes during that time okay which is a good thing to maintain for any um creative mother because that like little kind of burst of creativity then kind of feeds back into like coming back into the family be like yeah cool i'm i'm here i'm present i'm happy now mm. let's play mm. so yeah so it's very crucial to keep that going but it's very difficult you know all these parents all these people that were like you know reading 20 books and baking bread i was, yeah. you know, I was like whoa uh, <laughs> can't do that but you know yeah. i managed to you know steal a pocket of you know editing a song or whatever for 20 minutes here or there yeah and that was yeah. just what i needed to. that was your banana bread yeah yeah <laughs> that was my banana bread do you find yourself and i guess it'd, it'd follow on from just bringing up little kids anyway yeah. um that i don't know maybe when you do have a moment aside for your creativity or productivity you might not necessarily be feeling creative or productive Are you, do you write more or create more in your in your head well that, what I got really good at through, like, making this most recent album, because that was made over the period of actually, you know, I had my first child. Um, my last album came out just 
um, after my first child was born. Um, and then I wrote this album between her being little and then having my second child and, you know, her being little. And now we're, you know, four years, <clears throat> well, seven years on. Um, and, um, and I really got good at sitting down, making a little window for me that was my creative time. But because I was so tired, you're constantly tired and you're constantly, you know, and you only have a tiny window and you have to kind of block out all the other things that you need to do. Um, I got really good at recognising what I was capable of doing that day. So if I was really tired, I could not kind of create a new song. There's no way that my brain was capable of doing that. But I was able to say, if I'm very tired, I'm able to sit down and like clean up a drum track or something, you know, like there's very kind of um, housekeeping stuff that kind of keeps the keeps the track ticking along that um, I could do um, that was, yeah, very helpful. So sometimes I'd forget. Sometimes I'd sit down and be like, today I'm going to, you know, write a tune. And I, you know, probably had three hours sleep and, and uh, you know, at the, end of, at, the, at the end of my 20 minutes, my little window of 20 minutes, I would have tried to write a song and and uh, made a total mess and, <laughs> and felt even more miserable than before. But then I really got into the swing of going, okay, what what am I feeling like today? How, like, how am I feeling? How's that going to play out in my creative output? And so in um, March, when everything kind of, kind of went upside down or topsy-turvy at least, um, I mean, you've got uh, an album forthcoming, the Magnetic Resonance Center. Now, what did that do to you about thinking? Because at the start of everything, it was kind of like it was almost like everything is stopped for six months, yeah. and it hasn't quite been like that. But uh, at the start of the main three months of isolation, it was a real mystery. And a bit unknown, everyone was a bit fearful and everything, and all schedules were just going down the drain. Uh, what was your initial thoughts about, you know, this album and releasing new music into a world that was stopped? Yeah, well, I had planned on um, putting it out earlier. Um, I hadn't, I had no fixed date because this is me, I'm self managing now, self releasing. So, um, so I had no kind of fixed date, but I was, you know, thinking earlier this year. Um, but of course, when everything shut down, there's still a world out there that are kind of at home and listening. So it um, it works on, it can work either way, whether you're out there playing live gigs or, um, or just feeding music out to people that are, you know, at home wanting some entertainment. Um, but I, yeah, have slowed down the releases of the songs and I've really enjoyed that like I've it did change the way that I've released this album in that I've just been drip feeding out songs from it slowly and uh, it's kind of given more it's been a more enjoyable process there's time between so it's this kind of natural kind of ebb and flow rather than just a whole bunch of songs out at the same time and then maybe you know because Albums don't have a very long life these days, so yeah. in a way it's kind of given it a nice little um, length of time. Now that it's getting closer to, you know, venues in WA, 
kind of looking like they'll, you know, increase capacity within the next few months or whatever. Um, it's kind of pushing me to, I'm a bit conflicted as to what to do, whether I continue and just keep pushing, you know, song by song out, letting them kind of lay out like little butterflies or whether I just, you know, let the whole, let the whole cage go. It's hard yeah, to the whole now. cage. Yeah. yeah. It's because it's been a still time. Real, there's a lot of stillness. Yeah. And the you put two songs out this year in the lead up, and they're both quite ethereal in different different ways. I think it's been like a really good time to do what you've done and put them out, let them sit. Um, so the the two songs that have come out are Burj Khalifa. Yeah. Have I said that anywhere near right? Yeah, that's the, yeah. Cool. And Human. I knew. I know. I can say yeah. that. So the first song. So that was our you from. Um, stopover or time spent in dubai yeah yeah so we went to dubai with um with my uh my cousin lives over there and we went as a whole family Aye. and uh yeah wild place wild mm. <laughs> like nothing else in the world don't hold hands on the beach oh yeah no we didn't, didn't <laughs> hold hands on the beach um yeah so we stayed with my cousin it was an incredible stay i was um yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know how true this is, but someone said that the very top of um, the Burj Khalifa kind of sways in the wind, um, and I love that idea. I was also listening to an album by Leon Vinehall called Nothing Is Still. It's an incredible album. It's like um, he wrote it um, about his grandparents' tr- um, travel from, I think it was Germany to America, and it's, and it's their journey in, in, a, in an album. Like, it's so beautiful. It's like, yeah. It's an incredible album. Anyway, hmm. so the, the album's called Nothing Is Still, and I was resonating on that on that name and uh, an idea of like you know how how everything solid and tangible move, like continues to move constantly, and uh, yeah, that was that was what happened when I was res- I was thinking about that. And and human has. Arisen probably in the last month or five yeah. weeks, and actually that was going to be the um, first single that I put out. But I kind of, I think it'd been. A, I think we did it in because uh, I always ask for f- feedback. I'm always kind of referring to you know Andrew and Mike Jelinek, the other bandmate, to see what they reckon. Um, but yeah, I got feedback, and we ended up kind of putting out um, backwards forwards, which is kind of the it's probably the most close, closest linked song to my early, like earlier stuff, and we kind of got that out as a like, "Hello, I'm back," kind of. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm back in the world, and then kind of got more in, deeper into the what you, what you can kind of hear in that album, um, and yeah, "Human" was actually yeah supposed to be the first one, but I got feedback from industry people, and oh, I, I was yeah, and they were kind of. They identified more with dance for none and um, and backwards forwards. So, so that was the way that we went. We went put those two out first, and then and backwards so. forwards was kind of um, a, a bridge. Backwards forwards, like that, yeah, yeah, hello, yeah. And yeah. dance for none was the kind of essentially first single, um, and then yeah, leading into kind of yeah deeper deeper expression of what the album is as a whole. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, and and so, when are you going to bring it out? 
Well, yeah, you're still you're still thinking about that, really. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm thinking about October. Um, it's an interesting thing. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, whether I'll be able to tour then. Um, that would be ultimately the best thing to do. I mean, it is pretty good, you know, touring a touring your album in terms of kind of reach. But again, that's all very local. Um, um, and up until now I'd never really like there wasn't much of a digital presence for me and that's kind of been my focus on um, over this period and I think that in ISO times has been unchanged you know people are there listening consuming um, so it's so it's interesting as for musicians as a whole, you know, obviously musicians get the most of their revenue these days from live gigs. Mm. Um, but in terms of whether people are going out to gigs or not, um, globally, yeah, people still are buying and supporting musicians, you know, more. I guess it's going back to very old days when there weren't these touring circuits and yeah. things and people, I mean, back in the 30s, people would buy sheet music and then uh, if play they the play piano, they play yeah. it. You know, they may have heard it once yeah. and then they bought the sheet music. Like not Beck released an album. With sheet music? Just totally sheet music. Oh, cool. And then about a year or two later, there was a various artist uh, record brought out where they played the songs. I don't think he's ever released that sheet music album as an actual recorded album himself. Well, what's really cool is like, um, as artists, creative thinking is at the forefront of what you, you know what you're doing all the time. So, you know, um, we're probably even though we were hit the worst. Well, as you know badly as other um, industries such as you know so many yeah so many industries Um, we also have the capacity to kind of creatively think of new solutions which is pretty cool so yeah so I think certainly this is the first time I've ever done like an online concert before and that was you know that was a new endeavor Mm. and uh, whether it changes I mean, I would, I'd totally prefer to um, to do those kind of gigs um, as well as, you know, going going on tour. So I think that will become part of a more regular part of what I do at least. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it just monetizing that to, so that artists can, you know, make money. Recent years, the marriage of your music to visuals has yeah. like become a lot firmer or more cemented, I suppose you could say, with, with clips and also the the live shows and Galactagog yeah. happened and stuff and cl- working closely with um, local filmmakers. And uh, um, how's, How did that evolution occur for you? Um, because there's a lot of people do a song and do a clip, but it's just... 
because that's what happens. But yeah, there seems to be like a real commitment to the visual art for you. Well, it actually came uh, from a Happy Monday. Now, Happy Monday is a, um, a dinner up the road. Um, and Paul Sloan uh, suggested that I do, like I was talking to him about my next record and he suggested that there should be some other element um, that, you know, to create more of a, just a vibe. Um, so, you know, there was some wild ideas he came up with, including like playing on a boat and all these kind of things. And then he was, you know, he went big and he was like, what about a 360 degree, you know, um, projection show? Um, and from that, I thought, you know, projections would be really cool. And because my music's kind of always had like a bit of a, that vibe, like it's, yeah, it kind of lends itself nicely. To, and uh, my friend Poppy Van Ord Granger kind of helped me a lot. She um, she was the producer of the show and also um, produced a lot of the content for the show, like um, made um, lots of visuals, including lots of other amazing artists in WA. And that was a really interesting project to do um, alongside of it because I was still kind of finishing off the album as we went. All the things were realised kind of along together, which was really cool. Um, we kind of had an overall vision of what um, what we wanted, how we wanted the audience to feel, but nothing was like each artist got to kind of individually express um, the ideas of the songs in their own way, and then we kind of brought them together and mm. you know shaped them as a as a whole show. Mm. So um, yeah, there was like Curtis Taylor. Poppy, Van Ord Granger, Dominic Pierce, Combs, and Hungry Sky, um, who all like individually, and myself actually, I got to put in some of my grandfather's 8mm meter footage to, to make it. And um, yeah, so we made the show. This ISO time has been difficult for that show because obviously, I, you know, that needs, that needs like people, people to, yeah, yeah, engage <laughs> with it. Mm. You can, um, we probably will record the whole show and have it as a kind of, you know, but we want people to see it. I mean, there's one interactive part where audience members, like you can, um, if they can volunteer, three audience members can volunteer and they can be, become part of the projections with um, facial mapping. So oh, that yeah. kind of really needs people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Do you um, have a visual element in creating or feeling music like not so much synesthesia yeah um but that thing where um music and sounds and beats like create maybe mm -hmm. shapes or patterns or colors in your mind not wholly i did um, read um uh caitlin aurelia smith's most recent um blurb about her record that she just released which is incredible she's a real kind of textural kind of musician he has made body shapes to each of her songs so she's done these like crazy kind of kaleidoscope um body shapes to each of her songs and yeah that's wholly what she experiences like a, a, a body shape to, mm. to each of her tunes um mm. when i no i don't think i've ever seen like colors or definitely moods you know but that's or patterns, patterns, I guess. 
Yeah. No, I'm, I, don't, I don't think I've ever had that. I think I just... Um, first and foremost driven by... Yeah. The song is driven by what mood I'm in. And mm. I'll kind of... Yeah. Be born for them. Which is funny then because sometimes, you know, like you'll... You'll have a, you'll, you will be a certain way and you'll hop, hop into the song and you'll start making it and then you'll go away and you'll come back in a completely different mood and they'll be like, well, what was I doing there? <laughs> what, was, what was that emotion? I'm not sure. Yeah. It's all valid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So moving on, um, I saw online that you're part of a online festival, Enliven. Yes. And that's in, is that July? Yep. Saturday the 11th of July. So who else? There's quite a few good artists on There's heaps of good artists playing on that one as well. Um, And it's over um, quite a number of weekends. And the um, people that are putting it together are really awesome people as well. So that, I reckon that's going to be a um, really awesome festival. And it's, um, yeah, that's my second you know second on digital performance mm. uh, the first one was pretty funny we uh, got asked by local band Erasers to do one and we um, yeah I just kind of committed and then then Mike Jelinek had to do all the problem solving to work out how to do it <laughs> and he figured it out which was great because um, yeah we had like 30 seconds to go before we were supposed to be on yeah when he's googling stuff and typing away i you know here i am thinking it's just as easy as like you know but our our set is quite complex in terms of um i wrote all the songs and then we um had to deconstruct them and work out you know because there's multiple things going on we had to work out how we were going to play them live and um and yeah because there's so many elements to the songs it's not as simple as you know just plugging in yeah plugging in how'd you feel while you were performing it weird so weird because i was i'd be in my lounge room looking around you know all the you know all the familiar sites and then you'd look at the computer and see the feeds you know Mm. oh people are watching (laughs) and then you'd look around again and you know it was surreal Mm. this kind of concept of um inviting the audience in some people look so relaxed with it. Um, I found it possibly more unnerving than um, stage because you, uh, I don't know, because I guess it's so, like you are in such a familiar environment. There's no kind of like, mm. yeah. And I guess you get something from the faces of the people in the front row. Yeah, true. You, you either can get comfort or, yeah, or yeah, maybe yeah. I better change something or some feedback don't you yeah yeah well the funniest thing that i still do which people misconstrue as kind of confidence is like um i look at people directly in the eyes to kind of not feel nervous because i've kind of i'm connecting with individuals rather than kind of taking in the whole space Mm. And uh, yeah, you definitely can't do that when you when you're staring yeah. at a screen. So yeah, people are always like, "Oh, you, you know, you look so comfortable. You're looking everyone in the eyes." I'm like, "Well, that's just to, that's just to kind of ground and focus on you know 
one or two people rather mm. than the whole room. Well, maybe, you know, hopefully restrictions lift to a point and whatever the new normal is and there'll be, I don't know, a return to the kind of live gigs we know and love, but there's probably maybe a whole other, other live scene now yeah. on online like that. Not that it wasn't around before, but yeah. now Even it's just so. been a, a tide has turned. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm excited to see what other things have kind of, uh, you know, being born from this time. Um, I think that, you know, we might be seeing some interesting things pop up for years after, you know, because probably people are developing them now. You know, there were a lot of people that were probably doing, like you said, doing these kind of online gigs years before because it's, you know, and they, and they have. Um, but, they're, you know, there's probably a new, as creative people create new uh, ways of expressing their art, there'll be, you know, in a couple of years we might see, yeah, new tangible ways of consuming and, yeah, and reaching that art. Um, yeah, I know that certain artists found it very, very, very hard because, like, you know, book uh, writers, for instance, they rely on their... Um, book tours to kind of gain traction for the book yeah um and obviously you know an art an art actually an art uh, i was speaking to someone about their um art collection that um was being sold apparently or oh, it was the revealed art collection apparently a lot of people responded really well to buying the stuff uh, the paintings online but sculptures were harder they didn't sell as much because for some reason, mate. Well, they're a three D object, but obviously people needed to kind of see them more, you know, face to face. So, so maybe uh, more virtual art tours are are needed as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, just got to work on the tangibility. Yeah, yeah. Grabby factor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The other, on the other thing is like, you know, there's been, you know, ukuleles, guitars and keyboards just walking out of the music shop. I know. So uh, we're either going to get a lot of kind of very uh, home, home, well, hopefully talented, yeah. home, homegrown kind of uh, music coming forth in the next few years or we're going to see a lot of um, guitars on Gumtree. Yeah, well, which I'm pleased. I'm happy about that. I'm not so happy about if we uh, see too many dogs on uh, Gumtree, though, because apparently that's been oh, no. that's happened as well. A lot of people have gone out and bought pets because they're uh, they've been at home and now going back to work or a bit, yeah. So, so that's a negative. That's but, a negative. Yeah, but gu- guitars on Gumtree, I can handle. That'd be great. Yeah, well, <laughs> better than jet skis. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, thank you for bringing me into your home and um, cheers to Felicity Groom for hibernating with me on hibernation. It's an absolute pleasure, Bob Gordon. Thank you. Thanks for joining me on hibernation. Until the next time, look after each other. We're worth it. Bye.